We're all drinking, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I do have my steel reserve right here. It is oh, Lord reserve. help us. <laughs> it's only a 16-ouncer. We're all fine. Welcome, Giggle Water Gang, to Historical AF. I'm Kina. And I'm Adrian, the youth of a nation. Oh, and I'm the songbird of our generation, Donnie. <laughs> My name is Linda, but you can call me the cheese. <laughs> I am a historian, and I'm joined by some special guests from Cages Kiss Podcast to deliver some spooky and weird historical nuggets you never knew you needed in your ear holes. Welcome, guys, to Movies Part 2. I am so excited to have my favorite movie podcast with me, Cage's Kiss. Yay! the favorite. <laughs> yes, because what is not to love about a Nicolas Cage podcast? It is the perfect storm of just amazing. <laughs> there is a lot. There's a lot going in there. So much to unpack. <laughs> so much. There's really no one like him, so I am a big fan. We've talked about him a couple of times on the podcast, like the Wicker Man episode. I had to, you know, talk about the bees, but (laughs) any opportunity to talk about Nick Cage. It's my belief that he is one of the greatest actors of our generation, but I, I do acknowledge that he's had some roles where he just He's not there. He's just phoning it in. He doesn't care. <laughs> you he can tell his, those his job those once movies. he, uh, you know, once he gets there, he doesn't uh-huh. do the job so much in the choosing the script thing. <laughs> I just yeah. choose to believe he's a Christmas gift that just keeps on giving the whole year round, <laughs> like a jam of the month club. That That's it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Unlike other Cage podcasts, we actually call him out on his shit. <laughs> there's so much yes appreciate that <laughs> he's fantastic so just tell everybody a little bit more about your podcast what exactly yeah. is it we delve into his uh, life and times yeah we we're going through his each of his movies chronologically and we give some behind the scenes information on the movie and in his life and every episode we propose a different cast for the movie and we try to come up with any cagey wisdom that we can from, from that movie. And it's very rarely, rarely uh, uh, serious. Um, and Linda lets the listeners know whenever cast members are naked in the movie, just yes. so you know when oh, to yes. look for the cast members being naked. Because it's important. It is it very is. important. That's it's so much important work I do. <laughs> Doing the Lord's work. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and Donnie lets us know when Amazon viewers were dissatisfied with the movie for various oddly <laughs> personal reasons. <laughs> We've my had some really interesting ones. That and his wife said, why did you waste a night of my life? <laughs> <laughs> and they'll tell you their former best oh. friend's name and address. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Oh. that's amazing (laughs) that was my favorite one this guy just called out his friend and like mentioned his whole name and gave his (laughs) 
and the city he lives in. So you can just find that friend. Oddly enough, that was for one of the good cage movies. I want to send him like a postcard him. or something. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Sorry, your friend's so mean. We think you're cool. <laughs> send me a Starbucks gift card for five dollars. <laughs> Get yourself a treat. So Donnie is my brother and Adrian is one of my best friends. We met in college and uh, yeah, yeah, he's uh, my favorite asshole. (laughs) We all have one of those. I put Bruce Willis to one side on that one. (laughs) (laughs) And you guys are from Washington, right? Washington? Yeah. Well, we uh, originally, yeah, we're all from California. Oh, cool. But, yeah. But we've been but living we... here so long, it's all we know. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Um, Let's... yeah, we can, we can do our thing. Yeah, most guys want to just rip the mandate off. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got a little information about his love for uh, Nicholas Cage's love for Louisiana. You don't say. Um, his deep, abiding, <laughs> tragic love for Louisiana. So, like um, filmed a lot of movies there or anything. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh God. Movies oh, were atrocities. Yeah. decide. <laughs> <laughs> Tomato, tomato. Um, <laughs> so in a, a 2018 interview with the New Orleans interview, they said, uh, or Nicholas Cage said, I have so many memories. I've gone through so many changes in Louisiana. I feel like I grew up there. I've had experiences there. <laughs> and basically, he just loves the the culture there, the spirituality, the cuisine, and probably getting drunk. <laughs> Those are all legit reasons. I am on the getting drunk on the street I mean... with Alice Kim and hitting on passersby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Or with uh, uh, with uh, his first wife, Patricia Arquette. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I was just yeah. laughing. He legitimately started it off, and he's like, and Nicholas Cage said, "I have like such sights to show you." <laughs> <laughs> Time to play. <laughs> Jesus wept. Um, <laughs> But yeah, he um he has a kind of sort of spoopy history with Louisiana and uh I you know we figured it's the month of spoop so why not? But it it's hard when you're talking about Nicolas Cage to pinpoint anything to talk about. <laughs> you know, like, There's so much. <laughs> yeah, there is, yeah, it's like it's it's hard to unpack this dude. So <laughs> In uh, he did say uh, in an interview with Forbes that he he's a child of California, and uh, he'd go to Disneyland quite a bit. He said I considered myself something of a son of Walt, and those memories had an impact on me. One of the greatest memories would be the haunted mansion at Anaheim in New Orleans Square, no less. So for me to have the actual thing was the childhood fantasy come true. Wow. (laughs) That's so poetic. Yeah, right. So much to apologize for. (laughs) 
<laughs> so in 2007, he purchased the Lori mansion. And because <laughs> he thought it would be a great place to write the great American horror novel. <laughs> he did not. That. Yeah. Since I haven't heard of it. I'm assuming that did not go well. It did not. But like, even he said, quote, I didn't get too far with the novel. <laughs> <laughs> here we are it's like skiing cage you just don't stop <laughs> <laughs> well it, apparently the lalori mansion is supposed to be haunted as fuck um Ooh. and it has a really really spoopy background and i i i don't honestly want to get too into detail with it because it's it's dark it's as fuck you guys it's just <sighs> like yeah, I mean, I, I totally can, are. but I've heard uh, there's Lord. some like brain stirring. <laughs> like, <laughs> somebody see a spooky ghost? Is there like ectoplasm on the walls? <laughs> Hello, Nikki. Come and play with us. Come and play with us. I'm pretty sure when they ever talked about tortured souls, they were talking about that house because she tortured the fuck out of everybody. Yes. I would haunt the place. I, I only a little. Oh yeah. <laughs> but how much and, would you yeah. charge? <laughs> <laughs> that is my dream to own a haunted house and charge a shit ton for people to come stay there and get scared. Like you get scared, <laughs> run away, no deposits. I get to keep it all. Like it's especially my... if like you could work with the ghosts. <laughs> they're yeah. like they're nice to you, but they're like, I'm gonna scare the shit out of these people. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. Right. Right. I still want to do stuff 15, like that. I mean, 15 people died here. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to make a mansion with like a death maze in it, kind of, and put people in there. Fairly straight up death, but you know, death is. Edit out this this uh, evidence. (laughs) (laughs) Linda, this is only evidence of I own even one mansion. (laughs) You've seen my apartment. I think everybody's safe. (laughs) Well, we did get $40 from Patreon, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Set for life. Thanks, <laughs> but, uh, There's a hotel in Arkansas. It's the most haunted hotel in the U.S., but they charge you extra for the haunted rooms. And I'm what? like, that's the dream, right? Be like, something right? spooky happened here. Extra $50, please. That's what I want to do when I grow I up. I bet the Del Coronado doesn't charge extra. Probably not. <laughs> but you I'm the dumbass that paid extra $50 to stay in the oh, it was room. You. My oh, husband okay. was like, why? See, you co-opted that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Sorry, my dogs are about to eat. They have to do tricks, so they're barking. <laughs> oh, I thought you, you had on a deep purple record for a second there. <laughs> Because <laughs> it goes with the spoopy. <laughs> Release the hounds. I don't have any dogs. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I love that spoopy shit. I really do. The great thing about that is you can you can charge people extra and then if they don't see anything, then just be like, oh, I guess the, the spirits must have been busy. So yeah, uh, light history on the on the mansion. 
Madame Lori was a terrible, terrible, awful person who I'll I'll be fair and say allegedly she tortured and killed a bunch of slaves and oh. like in horrific, horrific ways. Oh. She would like oh. let she would break some of their bones and um put them back out of like let them mend out of place. She would oh, wait, drill so she holes. Did mad scientist stuff. Yeah. 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 Well, it was, I think some people call it experiments, but I just call it just being an evil bitch and torturing people. She. Yeah, mad scientist, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> have you ever tried not yeah. going mad? Mad scientist is still evil, but they have that <laughs> distinction. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. She was like, just like uh, Professor Honeydew in the Muppets, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> just, she just says, an evil I will bit. create a race of giant people to take over the world. <laughs> um, she she did some really evil shit. Like she would drill holes in people's skulls and um, like mix the brains around. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a big pass on the brain stirring. Yeah, I yeah. How I want to go down. No, don't knock it until you tried it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happened to Adrian. <laughs> that's why I'm on the podcast with them. The bus that's how Adrian and I long. met. <laughs> Adrian is like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And I said, "An experiment." <laughs> I'm a mad scientist. <laughs> I was the lollipop at the end of it all. <laughs> he still hasn't gotten it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sometimes she'd uh, uh, pour honey and like ants on people. So like the uh, the ants would like basically eat them alive. Oh, it was God. just, yeah, some really horrific shit. And if you've seen the third season of uh, American Horror Story, one of my favorite actresses ever uh kathy bates plays her madame Lalori, and oh, um yeah. love love kathy bates hate her um <laughs> <laughs> hate the character um, but yeah so it's supposed to be haunted as fuck there have been tales of moaning and screaming coming from the the attic where she kept the slaves and tortured them <laughs> just like that <laughs> guilty, guilty. <laughs> this is the part where we say adrian Adrian died 10 years ago. <laughs> what? Yes. Oh my God. Plot <laughs> <Hot> twist. <laughs> that explains the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah, some crazy bitch like whipped up his uh, brains. It was weird. <laughs> there was... One case when when she was alive, Lalori chased a twelve year old slave girl, Leah, onto the roof with a whip, and the girl, I guess, she thought that it would be better to die, so she she jumped. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, poor sweet baby um, angel. So I know. I know. 
I know it, it just kills me. But like some people say that they see um, a distraught little girl near the roof and or on the roof. And uh, apparently some tour guides have said that they uh, they said her name and a, uh, a street light came on. And then they said her name again. And the street light came off. What? <laughs> Why invent the remote control when you got ghosts? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're not paying rent. They might as well turn your lights off when you've like gotten comfortable. Don't want to get up. It's the least Whoa. you can do. <laughs> We're no better than the Lori. We're in there with our brandy glass, going like, "Okay, be useful." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, there's that. And in, uh, let's see, 1834, there was uh, apparently a uh, kitchen fire that was believed to have been started by a a slave woman that was uh, was chained up in the kitchen. So she started a fire and uh, firefighters came to put it out. Uh, apparently, it was then that they found... Uh, or supposedly found all the, the the slaves, the tortured and mutilated slaves in the attic. Oh, so, gosh. yeah. She was married, I believe, three times. And her third husband, I guess he he couldn't stand the bitch. Go figure. So, um, <laughs> I am shocked. <laughs> yeah, right? seems so nice at the beginning, too. Yeah. Oh, behavior yeah. is not then. something I can tolerate. <laughs> you madam are not very nice Um, (laughs) good day (laughs) good day (laughs) not a gentlewoman so uh he left her and apparently you know some people say that that drove her mad and that's when she started actually torturing and uh killing what Another part that really, really, really blows is that after the fire and they found the slaves, they released the slaves, but like, yay, but then boo, because her family and friends bought the slaves back for her. Not so far. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, the whole it's not a happy story. Back then, so. <laughs> well, that's for damn sure. It's like a matter of, they consider that a matter of property. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yay, America. Yep. <laughs> yay, history. Why do I like this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Countries and slavery are not oh. fun stories. No. So for a while after, it, it became a school f- for all girls. Actually, at first, it started out as uh, one of the few mixed uh, schools in the city of New Orleans. But as the Reconstruction era and, you know, once again, yay America and yay history. (laughs) Um, So they soon had to convert it to a strictly all girls African-American primary school. Mm. So no more mixed. Some of those girls would uh claimed that they would uh they had been scratched they'd been pushed they'd been bruised and they would they would show the the bruises and 
parts where they'd been scratched to the um, to the employees there and or their their teacher or headmistress. And when they were asked, well, who did this? They'd say the woman did it or the lady did it. Oh, no. The entity. (laughs) That bitch over there. (laughs) White bitch. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, um, then they found the maggots in the attic. Started raining uh, down from the ceiling. Jesus. (laughs) Are you talking Suspiria now? (laughs) (laughs) One of my other podcast is called bed knobs and broom flicks and it's on witches and movies and shows and books and stories it's of all about kinds all so. of them witches it's about all witches. so i know suspiria when i hear it god damn it yes we got a Thank lot of spooky witches of <laughs> i keep finding movies on amazon for when to do on her podcast too it's true <laughs> i thought i was a terrible movie fan, white but... american woman so you know there there have been a lot of sightings on ghost tours and some of the old caretakers have said that they've heard phantom footsteps moaning and sightings of a, a man with a top hat and there have been sightings of the the little girl leah on the rooftop They've heard pots and pans clanging in the kitchen. And uh, one of the caretakers even said that they would never go in the kitchen alone. Oh. And uh, Turns they out also it wasn't recorded... a ghost. It was screaming Lord Such. <laughs> <laughs> it was just Nicolas Cage. Banging <laughs> <laughs> around the pots and pans. Making Cage that... playing Harry Dresden? Making that face. <laughs> And just try to ignore that he's naked and telling people, I'm a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) See, the the clanging of the pots and pans was him making a sandwich and like making his way around the kitchen. And then he'd go up in the attic and he'd be like, oh, so good. Mm." (laughs) Such a good sandwich. (laughs) Don't don't go up there. I better put my top hat on. <laughs> I'd hide that armor. <laughs> yeah, you put on a monocle and be all like, milady. Truly, the tortures of the day. <laughs> That's, um, yeah, a lot of fun stuff. But, uh, yeah, so uh, he bought it in 2007 because he wanted to work on the horror novel. But unfortunately, uh, oh, God, you know, I don't even know how I can forget to say this. It was converted into a um, an apartment complex for a while. Ooh, very posh. Yeah, but the, I believe it was the landlord told one of his friends that there there was a demon presence there. Yeah, and the, he, the demon... <laughs> would not be <laughs> um, <laughs> he said that the demon would not stop bothering him until he was dead and wow. the guy was murdered in in his apartment well, and stopped getting bothered after that <laughs> i I, I know i want to know did the demon go <laughs> like what happened <laughs> he was like i told you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know why you're shocked. 
<laughs> you were warned. You didn't I go. did what I said. Now go. Yeah. Don't worry. This is why Old I don't withers. fuck with demons. I don't know. <laughs> I guess, like, hopefully the demon was like, all right, I'm good. <laughs> Let's go. Our deals are deals. Bob so meme. I am out. <laughs> like, I'm going out. What if it was the cage dressed in a red demon suit and he's doing this to get rid of tenants who haven't paid their rent? <laughs> yeah, no. He used his seventh dimensional time power to obtain the money. <laughs> if it's haunted, the price will go down. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm the Ghost Rider. <laughs> It turns out Necroscope was based on Nicolas Cage. (laughs) Of course it was. I call upon my lord, Beelzebub. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually curious, because you said that the woman claimed that she was doing experimentations. How did this come about? Like, What did she discover to give credence to this? Honestly, I, I don't know. I think it was just like, hmm, I wonder what happens when I squiggle around a dude's brain. It <laughs> like, sounds hmm. like she wasn't as cool as H.H. H. Holmes. Because H.H. H. Holmes no. had the secret passages and shit. He made the <laughs> whole murder ha- murder building. You know? <laughs> he well, did have so like a pretty cool. awesome like, murder house. I, I know I've been um, drinking a little bit, so <laughs> bear with me. But it's like when you? people say that they're like... I wonder what happens if I do this. It's like, I honestly thought maybe something legitimately came out of that. Kind of like in, um, oh, it was like Jeffrey Dahmer. No, he was on his own plane, but at the end of world war two or toward the toward the end Mm -hmm. of it, uh, Japan, there was a special unit called, uh, unit, unit 71 or 731. And, there, like, there's not a lot of stories out there about this, which you really should try to find because it's very interesting and very horrifyingly scary. They were conducting experiments on people to try and find out what happens. It's like they would put people mm. outside and pour water on them in the snow to find out how long it took right. before your body froze oh. and oh, how yeah, long it took that before, Nanking um, stuff. Yeah, they yeah. did some Holocaust. Uh, type. Also, There's a movie uh, about that called Men Behind the Sun. Yes, yeah. and they also put people on post outside in a field, and they would plant mm. grenades and explode them oh just God. to see how much damage could be done the further out you got. And oh, they also yeah. performed surgeries on people while they were alive. And yeah. the only yeah, thing that was... Yeah. yeah, like the only thing that was kind of histor- hysterically funny and historical that come out of this was they had a ultimate plan and it was called cherry blossoms at midnight. And this is funny Ooh. because I got to give this history lesson to like five that people sexy, actually. at uh, <laughs> Bed Bath and Beyond. There was a lotion there called cherry blossoms at midnight. And I'm like, oh, why no. would you name this this? And this one's like, what do you mean? Like, this is a plan. Too good to pass up. Their plan was they had plague rats, like rats infested with the bubonic plague. Whoa. And they bred them and gave them (gasps) fleas. They took the fleas, put them in clay jars, and their plan was to take these clay jars filled with plague fleas and drop them over targets to give like people their uh the people they're fighting in World War II the plague and to wipe them out. 
You know, I America dressed, created some uh, biological weapons right along those lines afterwards. Yeah, but but the, the they never got used, but they made like, them. At the, at the very end of this, they found out about this camp, and they're like, oh my god, what the hell's going on? You people need to pay for this. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the people that were a part of this got off not entirely scot-free, but mostly. Because they said, well, here's our research. We can use this for actual medical things. Yeah. And they made deals, and they're like, okay, yeah, like there's actual sufficient evidence in this that can They all help got Werner von Braun. <laughs> yeah, essentially. God. So again, but yeah. But your like story... This- Gave me like a little visual of little rats in like yes. in parachutes, and it's the most adorable <laughs> thing I've ever thought of. Well, <laughs> you know what the U.S. Like, was working on before the atomic bomb became the big secret weapon for World War II? Their their plan was to put little explosives on bats. Yes, oh they actually God. did this, and 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 to get the bats to not fly off before they were ready, they'd refrigerate the bats. Yes. What the they, hell? They get them cold, so they go to sleep, and uh, oh. they they wound up screwing up, and a bunch and a bunch of bats uh, wound up wound up getting out, and they wound up all landing on the same building and blowing it up. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they're like, maybe this plant isn't so hot. So Robert Oppenheimer's uh, a bomb is what we're doing. Wow. <laughs> They'll they'll try anything they think might work, you know. Like there's there's a there's a biological weapon bomb that America was working on, I believe, in the '60s. That was goose feathers and feces because it would blow up, and the feathers with the quills would shoot out into people, and they would get horrible infections from the feces. Wow, cage was not. Have you heard of the Cold War thing where they were gonna drop like big cases of? condoms in communist countries that said like small and medium but they were extra large con- like condoms they thought that it would hurt their morale they thought all Americans had huge dicks I actually <laughs> did hear that one yeah and then they go they right back to the UN is like condoms too small that is the most delightful war story I've ever heard <laughs> Oh. Well, actually, no. That was uh, I, the the my most delightful would be of the dog uh, soldier. Oh my god, why am I forgetting his name, Sergeant Stubby? Oh yes! my god, I love Sergeant Stubby so much. <laughs> we had to cover him for uh, bed knobs and broom flicks because uh, for a while there, before I got so busy, we were doing a we had little mini sods that would cover uh, our favorite familiars, so oh, animals wow. and history and animals that are just awesome. But yeah, he was like uh, he was dog. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> oh God, yeah, I I love it so much. But anyway, I'm sorry. Back to the morbid and <laughs> horrible woman. <laughs> so yeah, um, the. Uh, <laughs> landlord ended up being murdered and uh the kind of a funny story <laughs> oh, i bet you're wondering how i got here <laughs> record scratch um, apparently the the police uh said that it was uh, it was a murder and robbery because uh apparently his stuff looked like somebody had gone through all of his stuff but nothing of value was taken oh. so they yeah. killed him for something not of value obviously <laughs> they killed him as an experiment <laughs> um, <laughs> what's it like if i do this 
oh, that kills a guy. Good to know. There has been a, uh, a person who was a, a tour guide that said that Nicolas Cage only spent one night in, in the LaLaurie house, uh, mansion, mm-hmm. whatever, uh, because it, it got too damn spoopy in there for him. So he actually <laughs> rented a place uh, across the street the next night and let his friends throw a party there. But I, I don't know because like we've only, I've only seen one source that said that. So, you know, I don't know if that's true, mm-hmm. but um, we'll have to ask him when he inevitably comes on the show. Right. <laughs> yeah. When Get we him on the line. Up in the trunk of your car. And- <laughs> you mean escort him <laughs> you're a hard man to find just, just wear a sheet the whole time and tell him that you're the Lalori mansion ghost he'll, he'll spill everything <laughs> hey did I totally spoop you <laughs> how's that for coming only the ghost would know that <laughs> <laughs> That's what a goddamn ghost would say. <laughs> Get out of my head! <laughs> we say this out of love. Um, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Nicholas Cage, are, we're standing by. Um, our people are standing by. Give us yeah. a call. <laughs> our people will call your people. It'll be all right. <laughs> Chud, Chud standing by. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he uh, apparently he lost the LaLaurie Mansion to foreclosure in 2009, which is about when he started having the really bad problems with tax. Uh, That's sort of when he lost everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Nick Cage. Poor Nick Cage. We should start a GoFundMe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Help Nick Cage get his spoopy mansion back. <laughs> Back in the hands of the rightful owner. (laughs) (laughs) So So, satisfied. Donnie has another Louisiana uh, somewhat spoopy. Because Donnie ate at Popeye's. Yeah, and it's going to be a spoopy (laughs) evening, let me tell you. (laughs) I already hear the rumblings and ghost talking. That whole boy is repeating on me, I speak. You hear the moaning? Yes, I hear the spirits of the damn. Gumbo and jambalaya. The rumble in the box. Oh, Who that is? Oh, so I guess it befalls upon me to tell you all the tale of Nick Cage's Soon to be permanent home. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way you can expand this past just a fleeting WTF Funkenstein moment. But the man decided, you know, I could have a really nice, quaint little grave, but F that, I'm Nif fucking Cage. So he... (laughs) Two plots in the fucking Louisiana's New Orleans premier gravesite and pissed off a lot of locals in doing so, so he could build not just a simple tomb, but a pyramid, a nine foot 
stone pyramid. That is the most Nick Cave thing ever. Right? <laughs> and it has a little doggy door where they can just slide his body on in. Because well, obviously the that's what they to get over themselves. Yeah, he's not going to do the full Egyptian and be buried with like his pets and his servants. And... I want to be buried with my cobras. Honestly, a, a nine-foot stone pyramid in their graveyard is probably the least of his New Orleans-based atrocities. Oh, he, well, obviously, but he also had to make sure that this thing is like front and center, so you are not missing it. And the locals hate it even more because people come here now to see him. They're like, you know, yeah, fuck Marie Laveau's tomb. We want to see where Nick Cage's pyramid is. The, 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 the locals are like, combo and jambalaya. I certainly do hate tourist dollars. I hate them. He had problems with tourists kissing his freaking pyramid. And That's he ain't like, even oh, in it yet. That's how you get COVID. Exactly. Yeah. Wow, the Cage like, Barney Stone. I can't remember the name of the, the uh, person in France that was buried there, but there was a statue oh, yeah. of a man laid out, and Morrison. women have been grinding themselves on his groin and face no. to the point that the rest of his statue has suffered what happens to copper as copper ages. It's turned green. All except for that two specific Jim areas that are very much a shiny copper. <laughs> Nobody knows why women do this and why this guy got that lucky after he died. But they do. <laughs> Linda and so I met COVID kisses on his pyramid because it's a fucking pyramid. Chicks dig pyramids, apparently. <laughs> Linda, do you remember Miss Parker talking about Mozart's grave? Oh yeah! Oh, they, 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 they traveled there just to cry at his gravesite. They're like weeping, like openly, like insanely for like hours, like people yeah. staring at them. Oh, I just, okay, it's, Donnie, it's Victor Noir. There we go, Victor Noir. Yeah, it's like they. It sounds like a private a, detective. Stop people from getting there, like women <laughs> stop pumping our statues. It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> And it's like, okay, they have that, but people are more mad that Nick Cage's grave is getting smooches on it. There's like red lipstick stains on this thing. It's, and it's even more ominous. There's no name. There's no nameplate, no nothing on this freaking thing. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. There's just a very ominously written in Latin text that says something like Omnie ab uno, which, which translates to everything from one. <laughs> okay, sure. Why not? Oh my god, do you think it's a hint like for the national treasure? We need to <laughs> get our trip. Yeah. Funny enough, that's New what Orleans. he's doing this for. Honestly, and we, people are like, why is he doing this? Why a pyramid? And the best answer people are accepting, even though people are like, this isn't the real reason why, is that it's a national treasure homage. <laughs> Like, okay, he had to sure. erect a monument to one of his worst movies. Yes. <laughs> well, so we would never forget the trilogy out of this. Don't forget you cut your whore mouth. That is a good movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe that's so his plan. It's the made-for-TV knockoff of the Da Vinci Code. He could end up having this is like the Da Vinci Disney. Code for people without the Christianity, <laughs> but. It's like maybe that's his lifelong plan. He's gonna make ten of these movies, and the last one is gonna be the one they bury him in his tomb, and he dies. So he's gonna be the only actor to have actually died on film and been buried 
all in the same time period. He hasn't done an entry in 13 years, so he better get cracking if he plans to make a series. Wait, hey, the treasure is in the erection of his corpse in the tomb. Did you say the treasure is his erection in the tomb? We need to get Thomas Paine's grave. It's in his left mind. <laughs> So, so when we all go to New Orleans, you guys, we each have to rest one peach on that pyramid. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll yes. pyramid. But yeah, if you ever want to go to St. Louis Cemetery, just, you know, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think like Donnie was saying that uh, the, the tomb where Marie Laveau is supposedly um, entombed is, is in the same cemetery. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. And I guess but, maybe you could say this is his ultimate pyramid scheme because what he owns the <laughs> Lori Mansion. He's also got the what the Our Lady of Perpetual Something Something Chapel. And now he has a pyramid. Is that pyramid next to the grave of Arch Stanton? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you were saying our Lady of Perpetual. I, I started thinking about the Good Omens with like the Chattering Sisters. Oh. And I started oh, thinking yeah. about the. Uh, oh God, I can't remember the convent from Holy Grail. Oh, oh, oh! oh. Bad evil suit. <laughs> you must thank me too. <laughs> and me, and then me. I don't yes, think Nick Cage will have spend- women knitting exciting underwear for him when he dies, <laughs> but we can only hope. You if never know. Only seen his 90s movies, maybe. I have a new knitting project. <laughs> well, he's going to have a resurgence as the Tiger King. We have no idea what's going to yes. happen. Oh, oh yeah, amazing. that's right. They're guarding it for all That's know. That's coming. Yeah, that's <laughs> bye bye, Lizzie. Three plots to build a tiny pyramid. <laughs> the last bit I'll give is something I choose to believe in with this because people are still like they don't know what it's aliens planning with this. No, I'm saying it's aliens that uh, reptilians built the pyramid. <laughs> people are honestly thinking the pyramid is evidence of the actor's strange ties. And those probably <gasps> fictitious to the Illuminati. Oh, and <laughs> the Illuminati. Inside this We're going to have DMX on to expand on this. In this pyramid, <laughs> he is going the to naughty be regenerating himself into his immortal self. So this Ooh. isn't even the motherfucker's okay. final form. He's still going to change <laughs> on us after he dies. Well, people die and people die. So leave him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's on brand, honestly. Am I right? All right. It would fit. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you don't get much more cage than that. (laughs) I'm sure if you asked him, he'd be like, "Uh, maybe, maybe. Um." I noticed today that Zandali is free to stream again, but don't go watching it, anybody. No. The only sad thing about this I could find is that the residents feel that even though he has his tomb there, yes, Mm -hmm. it's bringing people in, but they legitimately feel that it's destroying and distracting or detracting from the historical importance of the cemetery. So, it's now more important. 
<laughs> it's gonna hold a national treasure. <laughs> He's gonna incur the wrath of Gambit. I mean, you know, maybe when he dies, he's going to install like a little mini carousel that plays every hour above his grave and has flashing lights at night. <sighs> we can only. You got to do that. You got to have the full schmear, the whole the the whole Francisco Franco mausoleum. You know, like forty foot yeah. angels. You know, giant hands holding scimitars. Well, maybe because he's also American, it'll shoot out like fireworks. The fourth oh, of yeah. every month, just in case, to remind people that he's there. <laughs> you know, it's all clockwork. The tomb will jump a helicopter every hour on the half hour, <laughs> <laughs> and he will be buried with the, <laughs> the Declaration of Independence, <laughs> as it should be. Damn it! <laughs> in his cold, dead hands. <laughs> Fifty years, Hellboy's ripping apart his corpse. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. They're gonna open his tomb and find him in a knighthood outfit. Finally, come. <laughs> he chose poorly. <laughs> Is it time for Ghost Rider three? <laughs> <laughs> Are we both still alive? Is somebody waiting to make it? <laughs> Has Ghost Rider become canon in the MCU? <laughs> oh dear God! Yeah, he's really, he's probably really holding on to hope right now. Like things are changing. This is my time. <laughs> yeah, make that spin off a streaming channel. Make the Marvel Knights channel. Well, you know, the Marvel is making Hellblazer, and they are yeah. considering what to do with Ghost Rider, so... I Wait hope it's better than Wait, that television series. They're making they're making a movie out of Hellblazer? I think they're Wait, no. trying to go with a TV they show. That's, that's, that's DC. But there's... It's something to do with um, Ghost Rider that's tied to him. Huh. But... Back on the subject, Cage, that is all that I have on this wondrous pyramid of the Nikkei Egyptians. Oh, so <laughs> majestic and a wonderful. And then he put on a cape and jumped his bicycle through a flaming hoop of cardboard. Yes, he's going before, to before he dies off the pyramid. Oh. That was a sweet jump. <laughs> Definitely. It's on my bucket list now. So when I go to New Orleans, I'll have to take a picture. So anybody that goes, take a picture with it and send us for our entertainment. (laughs) He gets like, I I hope he gets buried with John Travolta. (laughs) (laughs) Then they can reunite their love for each other. Yes. I don't know where you ended I became. <laughs> Where's the reboot in that where they try to play their young selves being each other? That's what I mean. I like. Oh, yeah, Mar- Mar- Scassesi make a five hour movie out of that. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but I'm like so totally young right now. There's only so much Rolling Stones we can fit in a movie. <laughs> Just so long as it's all from Exile on Main Street, I'm fine with it. See, they 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 switch faces again, and then you know the tagline is "Not again." 
God, no, no. You can do like a look who's talking face off. Where they like face off their souls. I, I was thinking the Judge Reinhold and Fred Savage. <laughs> oh my God, yes. he's amazing. They just oh suddenly God, switch yes. bodies. Somebody get the movie companies on the line. <laughs> Netflix, give That's us a call. how you get John Travolta back. <laughs> We have We're looking out for you. <laughs> we need royalties. Yeah. Yeah. You know that Cisco and Ebert's favorite thing about the movie Big was it was a kid turning into an adult without them having to switch with somebody else. They're like, hey, there's all these like Dudley Moore movies and stuff, but this movie isn't like this. Yay, Big! Dudley <laughs> <laughs> Moore, <is> <laughs> Moore was a treasure. Damn right. Oh, that is I actually have some trivia information about him too, but that's it's not a Dudley Moore episode. So. <laughs> no, I think but we are all drunk like our special person. That's yeah, true. That's true. <laughs> so last week I went from the beginning of movies until World War II because the history of movies is fucking long, y'all. And as I was writing these notes, I realized it's still too long. So next week will be part three. <laughs> <laughs> I, only, I only got to the 80s so and then it's we'll only 140 it. year history it's so <laughs> long <laughs> i don't know what i was thinking it's like when i did jack the ripper i was like what is wrong with me this is too much why did i do this <laughs> so yes there we're gonna start with world war ii and then we'll end at the 80s and then next week we'll figure the rest out future keenest problem not my problem right now all right <laughs> So take that future Kina. <laughs> you know, and I say that a lot when I'm editing. I'm like, future Kina, cut that out. I'm just like, why are you yelling at me, past Kina? It's just like I a have weird. To to be nicer to myself, Ted. Yeah, it's it's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> All right. So uh World War II, the world is in ruins, borders being redrawn, there's homecomings, there's burials. And everybody's rebuilding. So shit is very dark. Everything is dust. But, well, it gets worse. So a little refresher from the war <laughs> episode. I forgot about this part. <laughs> so a refresher from the war episode. The world's population at the beginning of World War II is about 2 billion. So in less than a decade, 80 million people died, which wiped out 4% of the world's population. So everybody's really suffering. Everything's dark. And it really just like affected movies. Blah, blah. It gets better, I promise. <laughs> so they had a lot of dark themes, and they kind of found a lot of artistic freedom with things with crime, corruption, greed, and cruelty. So a lot of those, you know, uh, oh, detective, that's the word. I just completely forgot what the word detective was. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Shit. I have not drank that much. <laughs> but yeah, the detective stuff, everybody was really into that. And then consumerism was also really big. And then you got the baby boom. So people are popping out babies on babies on babies. And so their ideas of fun are things where people could bring said babies. So then babies. <laughs> so many babies. They had to make oh, those no, no, no. damn boomers. <laughs> yes. I love you, mom, but goddamn boomers. <laughs> She's always like, I'm not like them. And I'm like, I know. All <laughs> <laughs> we love your mom too <laughs> and like people make fun of millennials and i'm like you know what i accept it you gotta accept yours too it's fine <laughs> so a lot of this they were recognizing that things were changing and this became like an a surgeon of 
drive-in movie theaters because then these people with babies on babies on babies could just throw their baby in the car and see a movie. So they were like, we can fix this. And then things started to change a little bit more. Suburbia started popping up. And then they started building more theaters that were in malls where people could go shopping with their family and then pop into the movie theaters. But then they started having problems because all those pesky tariffs and uh, results of the war started popping up and everybody was poor again. So then they started downsizing (laughs) and laying off people and reducing how many movies they made. Laying off people and getting lit. (laughs) so then you got the cold war and it had a huge impact on the wartime documentaries that had transformed hollywood at the time middle class values no longer squared with the state of the world's thinking so now we saw a rise of strong socially conscious cinema we had just fought a war against prejudice and tolerance and now they were fighting a war against injustice and bigotry at home i just like that i stole that from him (laughs) (laughs) and this new realistic movement was actually inspired by italy and they had rebellious artists that were making movies on location instead of in movie you know production areas so that was a first and they also focused on everyday people and social problems now this is a trip so film content was next influenced by the fear of communism this is just wild to me. The United States, our history. <laughs> it's troubling. <laughs> yeah. So, during the 40s and 50s, the anti-communist movement was basically an actual witch hunt. I know people are calling things witch hunts today. That's not really happening. So, in 1947, the House Un-American Activities Committee decided to investigate communist influences in motion pictures. They had more than 100 witnesses, including many of Hollywood's most talented and popular artists, and they were called before this committee to answer questions about their own and their associates' alleged communist affiliations. You know, like, you're a witch, you're communist, come here and defend yourself. And they're like, I'm defending myself. And they're like, not good enough, communist! They looked at Lucille Ball's hair and saw red. You know, I took a, in college, I took a sci-fi, uh, science fiction films and American uh, societal values, something like that class. And we were, we were talking about how like that really influenced a lot of the movies at the time. Like you get like the original like pod people movie, stuff like that. And uh, what was it? They, oh, Adrian, you know, probably know what it is. An invasion of the body snatchers. That's what I'm talking about. And then um, the, what is it? They, they. Yeah, and but like you get also like was it like the original thing, the thing, and stuff like that where you get yeah. like anybody could be the monster, anybody could be yeah. the alien. It's wild. And then you get more blatant ones like I was a communist for the FBI, which is the biggest pile of horseshit ever. I saw it like three <laughs> times. But that had nothing to do with communism. No, no, it's a coincidence. No. It's the Lewis Carroll. It was a nonsense word he made up. Oh, God. So on November 24th, 1947, a group of eight screenwriters and two directors, later known as the Hollywood Ten, were sentenced to serve up to a year in prison for refusing to testify. That evening, the members of the Association of Motion Picture Producers, which included leading studio heads, published what would become known as the Waldorf Declaration, 
in which they fired the members of the Hollywood 10 and expressed their support of the Huac, which is that uh, House on American Activity Committee. <laughs> what is it good for? Nothing. Say it again. The studios were afraid to antagonize this already shrinking audience because people are having money problems again. So they initiated an unofficial policy of blacklisting refusing to employ any person that was suspected of having any communist associations, which is bullshit because they just would be like, ah, communists, just literally everybody. So it was a big yeah. problem. Like, I hate that Dalton Trumbo. He's a dirty red, just like Ringlarder Jr. <laughs> you don't need to go back to Poland or wherever those people come from. I hate him, just saying. Adrian's kind of an asshole. I think he's uh, one of those red, those pico commie <laughs> bastards. That's just what a commie would say. <laughs> I'm one of them reds. I'm one of them pinks. <laughs> you colorblind floozy. You're a light red. <laughs> you painted up Jezebel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would never make it at any point in history. I would be accused of a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Hundreds of people were actually fired from the industry, and many creative artists were never able to work in Hollywood again. <laughs> Throughout the blacklisting era, filmmakers refrained from making any anything but the most conservative motion pictures because they were afraid of being accused of communism. So I'm imagining, as you are too, that none of these movies are very good because like <laughs> you're being artistic, yeah. oh, communist. Then there's the guys who told them to go fuck themselves, like Samuel Fuller. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so, and there is a quote from a professor, um, and I forgot to look at what college it was. So, good job, Keenan. But he said, "One <laughs> he knows where he's from." <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> well, so he says, "One may say that the shameful moment in American film history was not so much about people panicking during the Cold War." It was about conservative and reactionary forces using the communist scare to finally, after many decades, gain control of the motion picture industry. So, like many things in history, it's not what looks obvious. It's the underlying group of people trying to control something. So by the end of the 1940s, Hollywood had only two choices. They either adapt to this or disappear. And as one historian summarized about the situation, Hollywood's once monolithic studio structure splintered into dozens of small companies, individual units, which actually worked out because a lot of independent units at this time were like Universal and Columbia. So worked out pretty well for them. It's kind of amazing to think that they were the, ever the small guys, considering what they do right? now. Mm. Yep, take that MGM. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> they backed the wrong pony too many times. <laughs> the new wave that started in the 50s. <laughs> it broke the conventional film rules. So before this, everything had to be structured and it had to have a dialogue and good editing, blah, blah, blah. But they didn't have a lot of money. So they started using handheld cameras and they used like weird timelines and they improvised acting. acting <laughs> and. <laughs> You got this. This is the brilliance <laughs> yes. of this podcast is that from the very beginning, we just said words are hard. And now we sort of sell merch to say words are hard. So now it's like funny. It's like, is she like literally illiterate or is she just being funny? Nobody will ever know. 
<laughs> she's like meta. My little secret. You'll never know. <laughs> so the years 1967 to 69 marked a turning point in American film history. And it started with Bonnie and Clyde. And then you have Kubrick's Space Odyssey. And a lot of these started changing it. And then film companies were like, holy shit, this is awesome. We should make more of these. And then they just saturated the market with like super, you know, cheap young people movies. And then the 1970s opened with Hollywood experience, a financial and artistic depression. So this, I said this ever. was going to be happier, but it's just getting dark. But <laughs> <laughs> the good I'm part of this is that during this time, restrictions on language, adult content, and sexuality and violence loosened up because they threw out the production codes that they used before and they added the Motion Picture Association of American rating system that we all know and love. Hey, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? <laughs> <laughs> So you got like the G, the PG, PG thirteen, rated R, blah blah blah. We all know those. Yeah, the M rating early on. Yeah. <laughs> PG thirteen in nineteen eighty four and NC seventeen in nineteen ninety. It's true. They have evolved, but originally it kind of loosened up on like you know sexuality and movies and a little bit of violence. People are like, "Fuck yeah, let's do this." Some guy with and- a cigar is like, "This movie is good, say, but I need some tatas." <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then you also got the hippie movement, the civil rights movements, free love, the growth of rock and roll. You have changing gender roles and drug use was certainly part of this impact of this movie revolution. And Hollywood was renewed and reborn. And also during this time, you have the defeat of, in the Vietnam War. You have Kent State Massacre, Watergate scandals, President Nixon. You have the Olympic shootout, increasing drug use. So a lot of these things were really impacting the American people. And it really led to more impactful movies like MASH and All the President's Men. And then yeah. we have Jaws, which kind of changes movies forever, too, because Woo! it is the first blockbuster Technically, I see. I don't know. They consider it the first blockbuster, even though a lot of movies made about as much money. They give a benchmark to a lot of movies and they're always doing it in non-adjusted dollars. Because when you look at adjusted (laughs) dollars, the highest grossing movie of all time is still gone with the wind. Yeah. Yeah. And at this point, Exorcist was making just about as much money. That movie is way more bitching. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They called it a new renaissance of Hollywood. And they wanted the bigger really blockbuster is. dimensions. So it was officially born in 1975 with Spielberg's Jaws. They cost $9 million to make, but it grossed $260 million in the United States alone. And I whipped out my trusty inflation calendar, calendar calculator. <laughs> I swear I can talk, guys. <laughs> is that one point off billion day. or is that more now? So today would be one billion two hundred fifty six million one hundred and nine thousand two hundred and ninety three dollars and sixty eight cents. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't poo poo that sixty eight cents. You could do laundry on that. <laughs> and then it was eclipsed just two years later by a legendary blockbuster franchise called Star Wars. Which Star nobody Wars, <laughs> nothing but Star Wars. <laughs> Gordon movie. <laughs> That's the one I'd rather watch. Fly my Hawkman. Star Wars fan. <laughs> you guys watch the Bill Murray singing the Star Wars? Oh, talking yes. about Star Wars. Star Wars. 
And uh, there's actually a little funny. movie there called people Star that really, really did think that Flash Gordon was going to be bigger than Star Wars. And oh no, that's the best upset. thing about the early '80s is that there's a whole yeah. bunch of next Star Warses that didn't go anywhere, and they, <laughs> they're all better than they're all better than Return of the Jedi. They have that in common. Crawl, <laughs> Space Hunter, Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. A metal storm destruction. Any other man, I will kill you where you sit. (laughs) David Lynch's Dune, and of course, 20th Century Fox own Megaforce with Barry Bostwick from the producer of Godfather. Oh shit! And the director of Cannonball Run. Oh shit! Look, Jedi is fun and all, but it's not nearly as good as Empire and New Hope. Just saying. Oh. I was like, it's, it's, a, it's a fragmented, <laughs> cantilever narrative that has a twist that was predicated only on the fact oh. that we just couldn't come up with a good oh, line. We're gonna have words. Gonna have <laughs> words. Come over here and fight me, but you gotta bring some of your beer. I will. You're okay. soon gonna hear Adrian's door being knocked down. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying that Jedi's down there with, with with the prequels or anything. I'm just saying it's the entire movie of the original trilogy. You you, you can continue your show. I just want to know one thing from him because of Ewoks. <laughs> no, it's not. Everybody thinks it's because of the Ewoks. The Ewoks are whatever. Then you live. It's not. It's not because of the Ewoks. I don't think Ewoks rule in Star Wars. I think. Lucas ruined Star Wars for being lazy and then hiring screenwriters yeah. to cover his ass. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Star Wars was made good because of the people behind it that helped him to propel it. So, yes, I agree. But he, Sorry, he did everybody. Offer it to too Adrian much is not on Twitter. <laughs> you can't add him. If you want to fight me, come on DeviantArt. I'm Leo the Fox. You can find me. You can see my artwork. Or you either think I'm a horrible person or you'll forgive me, depending on what kind Donate of person you are. Donate $20 Patreon and I will punch him for you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Donnie, did you watch the Italian Star Wars knockoff Escape from Galaxy 3? No, but I watched it. It recycles effect shots from Star Crash. Oh, my face oh, hurts Lord. from laughing. When you punch him, make sure you wear a glove, Donnie. You want to be careful. <laughs> and what is that? Patreon.com slash. <laughs> In the okay, 70s, we also got Sydney Lament movies. Those are really great. <laughs> it's patreon.com forward slash cages kiss. All one word. <laughs> and no joke, I'm actually about to become a, a patron of yours. Oh, yay! Thank you. <laughs> I will have to join you guys to watch the. Sorry. Yeah. That's why you get punched. <laughs> I'm like, just kidding. I joined just for that. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, not Nobody sorry. puts Adrian in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too wide for the corner now. <laughs> That's why he's not on camera. <laughs> oh, Star Wars. George Lucas fiction. It hit theaters in may of 1977 and became a major hit and it grew in ticket sales that grossed 460 million which is 1 billion 972 million 974 thousand 917 dollars and 49 cents you are so exact Damn. you're like c3po or something i love inflation <laughs> calculators i don't know what it is about it but it makes me super no, happy because you're like you're like okay what did this box of tide cost in like 1959 <laughs> Let's do real talk right now, because when I time travel, I'm going to have to have enough historic points. <laughs> yeah, 
yes so you can fit like, in it's like that joke of when you die and they have a book of everything you've ever done in your life you're like how many times did i poop if you suck that poop up against other poop how many miles of poop is that they'll need a library <laughs> is that your like, heaven? I don't anything, right? <laughs> no, I don't know how much I poop. That's pretty impressive. What a strange heaven. <laughs> I want to be in a different heaven. <laughs> no, I don't. I want to hear Avery on Lincoln in the back going, that's a lot of poop. <laughs> is that our top hat man? You don't read St. Peter. It's Albert, actually Albert Fish who saw on over in <laughs> or R. Kelly, depending on whether you're good or bad. <laughs> so Star Wars, Star Wars, Sorry. yes. So he changed movies forever just because of visual effects. So there was a little bit about that. I mean, Racing we can all have our opinions about Star Wars, but he did change movies. Uh, da, 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 da. He envisioned an entire universe full of creatures, spaceships, and technologies that just didn't exist yet. And visual effects technology was actually like a little baby at this time. Nobody was really using it. In the first films, much of the visual effects work involved actual physical creation models and puppets and sets, which are pretty cool if you've ever seen the pictures of them doing stuff. It's pretty neat. It looks really boss. It does. It looks way better than the prequels. You can find me, but those just look <laughs> overly <laughs> cute. Yeah, I guess. they just look fake, and I didn't like Anybody them. Anybody try and fight you would be too big an emo. You just win. <laughs> it's true. I'm also a giant. I'm six foot. Nobody wants to fight me. <laughs> well, see, see, here you go. They're running in fear. They're heading for the poles. <laughs> So computer-generated imagery, CGI, barely existed in 1977, and Lucas and his team went on to transform the visual effects industry and set a new standard for movies in the years to come. For the 1977 episode 4, A New Hope released Industrial Light and Magic, which during production period for the movie, headed by special effects designer John Deekstra. Yeah, that dude gets a lot of work. He's pretty cool. Yeah, he constructed robots and spaceship models from scratch. Their goal was to achieve a new, higher-level realism that Lucas envisioned. And when Lucas conceived of the Star Wars stories, there's no way at the time to make anything like this happen. But they made it happen, which was pretty cool. And it paid off because they won a shit ton of Oscars for this. Yeah. They won for visual effects, sound, art direction, costume design, film editing, and score. So, worked Ooh. out for them. And they were nominated for Best Picture, I'm pretty sure. But Woody Allen got that one for Andy Hall. And that yeah. was bitching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this was also kind of the launch of, you know, science fiction and adventure genres. And, you know, like, hello, Indiana Jones. I love all of them except the last one. The Crystal Skull God. is just an abomination. And we I don't want to talk about it. It can never hurt that movie the way it hurt us. <laughs> like, listen, okay, so on Patreon we do have like a, I do a drunk dive where I just talk about the inaccuracies of the movie. It was just a, like, blackout rage about that movie. <laughs> I mean, it articulated it pretty well, but for the whole last half, you're literally losing brain cells. Yes, yeah. and my my favorite part of art history is Mesoamerican art history, and it's like they threw every Mesoamerican civilization 
together being like, sure, I like the Nazca lines, but let's throw some Mayas in there. I'm like, it's not even the same country. And I was just so mad. I'm like, can't you just David back Kemp doesn't me? care. <laughs> now, yeah, that's a secret window. He clearly doesn't Shia care. Both flipping around on trees with monkeys because that's the thing you do well, in the jungle. Go, 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 go. Like <laughs> Shia Booth isn't even the thing that ruined that movie. It's no. everything. Yeah. They nuked the fridge. It's like, yeah, that's the best part of the movie. I hate LaBeouf, but he didn't actually ruin that movie. It was already dead. No, I Lucas remember kind of seeing it for a lot of that. Oh, that's true. I remember seeing it in the theater, thinking, "Oh no!" <laughs> oh, you saw that in the theater? Oh, yeah. Luckily, I had that as a free rental from Hollywood Video, so I didn't actually oh, have to pay no. money. I just I had to pay with my soul. To go with the yeah. history of this too, um, the Last Crusade was actually going to take place in Scotland in a haunted castle too. Oh, I really want to see that version. That would have been really cool. Yeah, that would have been so cool. I love haunted castles. But yeah, they were going to go back into <laughs> something that? like that for what became the Crystal Skull. But George Lucas yeah. is like, I'll, I'll do this, you guys, but we have to do aliens. Like, we don't want to do aliens. That's stupid. Well, then I'm not going to do it. So, come on, George. Like, no, <laughs> they just shouldn't have done it. <laughs> Yeah, like, they dragged ass for 20 it, years that's a great sign so, to do. Yeah, so even uh, Harrison Ford and Spielberg are like, yeah, we got George on board, but we had to agree to make it about aliens, so there you go. And they wrote like uh, six different scripts, including one by M. Night Shyamalan. Fun fact, I have the Ark of the Covenant in my bathroom. It makes it smell more fresh in there. Yes. <laughs> also, Dion in the comments, the mariachi mu- music in Peru. That also is like, what is happening? Oh, Why? <laughs> hey, crystals aren't magnetic, and gold isn't magnetic, and that guy's not magnetic. What's going oh, on? I will have you know that snakes are elastic enough to be used as ropes to pull 200 plus pound men out of quicksand. Snakes are pretty chill. They just sit there and let you use them as a rope. <laughs> like, well, I'm not digesting a whole sheep right now, so you guys just go for it. Wait me when it's over. Oh, the movie is an atrocity. <laughs> it is a I have a lot of issues with the whole alien thing anyway. It's one of my biggest rampages. It's just. So you're not yeah. an Eric Von Daniken fan? <sighs> well, like, historically, people are like, oh, Egyptians couldn't have figured out how to make pyramids. It had to have been aliens. And then well, also it's people anti-human. are like... human like, 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 it's human. It's really easy to see it that way. In general, I see it that way. But when you read mm-hmm. Chariots of the Gods, it's adorable how optimistic it is. <laughs> because... <laughs> No, because of, because of weak shit like the Apollo missions, he's like, you know what? Oh, yeah, Aliens! Yeah. It's like, <laughs> wait a minute, you think with like a chintzy space capsule that could barely get to the moon that, that we could colonize another planet? It's like, that's precious as fuck. <laughs> yeah, like, it is. And so is, like, I read the book too and the movie is also just as precious because everything is coincidence. Na, 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 na. <laughs> Did ancient astronauts leave this pack of cigarettes? <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's just so adorable to see that late sixties optimism. It's oh, like, man. oh man, before Richard Nixon, we were gonna go to space and we were gonna colonize Pluto and we were gonna rule the world. And then we decided we didn't want to do that. And like, no, no let's spend money on some wars. Nightmare but, future but dead space predicted. We're gonna be mining asteroids. And <laughs> I've seen enough video games to let me know this is not gonna end well. Oh, <laughs> it's just because you watch within oh. the rock, Donnie. They don't all have that critter in them. <laughs> you don't know that. 
Unless you're a communist alien. Statistics. But now we have the Space Force. You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Federation. <laughs> the Space Force should have been oh, the, should have been a part of the Navy. That way they'd have naval ranks like on Star Trek. Yeah. Like, just say Space Force. <laughs> I feel like I have the inside scoop because I know actual people in it. I need to know. I need them to just, you know, tell me if I'm right that they did not build pyramids i think they're zooming around <laughs> probing shit i i have no doubt i just no, don't they're think they're build building pyramids where do we go to get probed oh, my, my, my. flies around in space pyramid <laughs> <laughs> brian de palma they... told us the face on mars is a building <laughs> i also have a tier on patreon where i send postcards and i doodle like aliens and pyramids and i'm like i didn't build the pyramids and and i know that every person that works at the post office that sees it's gonna be like what the fuck's wrong with her <laughs> i also know that there's so many of those out there now that if i find out i'm wrong i'm just gonna be that asshole that like, i didn't believe you aliens you're my new overlords i'm sorry i saw aliens versus predator oh, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm probably enemy number one now they're like she speaks on the internet against us i did it on purpose yeah. so i was gonna end this at the 80s and you know what happened in the 80s nicholas cage got his first movie job so here we go Full circle. He doesn't talk america was never the same <laughs> you gotta start in his Teenage comedies with Fast Times at Ridgemont High yeah. in 1982. And then he was the leading role in Punk Rocker and Valley Girl in 1983. And then he, he had a small role in Rumblefish. I had no idea. <laughs> yes. You saw the heck out of it. And it wasn't necessarily a good thing. No. <laughs> Uncle Francis uh, kind of stepped in it on that one. Yeah, <laughs> and then his first dramatic role was opposite Matthew Modine in Birdie in 1984, yes. which was the year Yay! of my birth. So, Yay! Yay! Terminator I One, Crawl, David Lynch's Doom, Kids it of was, the 80s, yeah, that Van Halen album, God rest his soul. <laughs> oh no, R.I.P. Yes, the sad R. news. Yeah. Back but we in also had Short Circuit that came out. Oh my god. Johnny Five is a saint. Yeah, we got Peggy Sue got married in 86. Yes, They're raising Arizona right. in 87. Right, Moonstruck. Uh Wild at Heart, Vampire's Kiss, Honeymoon oh, in Vegas. Oh like all kinds of stuff. So I'm gonna end it here and then I'm just gonna make this weird by adding the weirdest fact <laughs> I found on the internet about Nicolas Cage. All right, so woohoo! <laughs> Number one was China thinks he's the best actor in the world. He actually yes. got award best global <laughs> yes. actor in motion pictures. He did. I think this explains China's cinematic oh. output now. It's starting to make sense. <laughs> this is Disney's key to winning China. Why was he Cage in the Wandering Earth? Why wasn't he in Mulan? <laughs> he couldn't have heard it. Oh. Well, that was back in what was it 2016 2017 2013 ah okay i'm way yeah. off oh they must have seen it's you. all blur <laughs> i don't even know what's happened in 2020 now I, this year has I, been I know, right? long. it's 
no, I give up. <laughs> the next it's one, just King one of Dude. Those years. Yeah, it's there's like joker because I went to grad school for history and you have to do a thesis, blah blah blah. And people are mm-hmm. like, in the future, people are gonna just do like a month or a day of 2020. Like somebody's yeah. like, I'm gonna write my thesis on October 1st, going into October 2nd, you know, with the whole Trump COVID shit. And I'm like, it's true. Like 2020, you could just have mm-hmm. a whole day and there, boom, you're done. It's your entire <laughs> nah, can be ten years down the road. I got out of it. bed at noon. <laughs> I had my first beer at twelve thirty. <laughs> it was a cold morning. Your story just ends at twenty twenty one. If we get ten years of this, this is just the next depression. Oh, yeah. Oh God. Thanks, Adrian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. brother. Can you down. spare a dime? <laughs> I warmed myself by punching Adrian. (laughs) (laughs) And I warmed myself by this hobo stove, partner. (laughs) Pop me some fresh squirrel, one piece. (laughs) (laughs) Down for glory. (laughs) (sighs) So the next fun fact I found was that he sued Kathleen Turner because she said he stole a dog. Yeah, Yeah, he stole a chihuahua. They didn't get along so well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, He he actually won that, and she had to make a a public apology uh, to him. But yeah, she she said that he stole somebody's chihuahua on set. (laughs) (laughs) This dog is random. You know, it all paid off. He made that movie memorable. I don't know what she's complaining about. It's not like it was House of Cards and nobody saw it. (laughs) Oh, and this is one of my favorite facts, that he woke up next to a naked man that was a bunch of bunchsicle at the foot of his bed wearing his leather coat. Like, you can't even make this up if you tried. Right? But I think the best part is that you managed to convince him to leave the house without causing a scene. Like he's just like, "Come on, man." <laughs> yep. <laughs> Out the door. <laughs> Your movies speak to me. Yeah, well, I think he said that it was well, so, it, me he in was the tower. <laughs> I think he said that he was standing at the foot of his bed. Yeah. And he used that experience to inform his character in, um, oh God, in, uh, God, what is it, Adrian, with Nicole Kidman? What? No, Nicole oh, Kidman. no, not Trespass. Trespass. Yeah. Oh, yes, that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty obvious here with this big, stupid painting cage. It's aesthetic. What do you mean? Put <laughs> the big freaking safe behind me the whole time. What am I a couple? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Lord. There's always then... money in the house. Facts. <laughs> and then there's that story where he did mushrooms with his cat. Yes. Yeah. You do. He says uh, his cat in told him to go on Kadath. 2010, back when David Letterman had a show, he told a story about his pet cat, Lewis. Or is it Louie? Is it Louie? I think it's like Louie. If it's with a U, it's Louie. It sounds the, very French. Yeah. <laughs> he says Louie got into a bag of shrooms he had laying around and tripped out. So he decided he was going to do a sociable thing and trip out with him. 
<laughs> I can't let you go through that on your own, brother. Oh, God. Yeah, and the cat started I, talking to him. <laughs> I think he said that his cat one time talked to him and said, Hi. <laughs> if you're ever and his cat was like, Are you okay? You're like high as balls right now. Like, if you're just ever having a bad day, just YouTube him on, like, talk shows, like, Letterman. Yes. It is so funny. And then he uh, beat the Angel Dusty where to death in the basement, and he saw his mother who turned into a snake. Wow. <laughs> he also talks about, I think it was that, that interview where he talks about um, getting, almost getting arrested for uh, hijinks on an airplane with Charlie Sheen. Oh, yeah. And they were Deadfall, of all things, the movie Cage yeah. directed by his brother. <laughs> Which stars Michael Bain and James Coburn and Sarah Trigger, who is nobody. And he got on the intercom for the uh, for the flight and said, uh, "Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. I feel pretty sick. Or I don't feel well. Is there anybody who knows how to land a plane?" <laughs> Well, I can see a bearded medicine man beckoning to me to cross the sand dune with him, so I'm just going to follow him I don't now. feel so good, Mr. Cage. <laughs> oh, my God. Gone mad with Cobra Venom. Oh, what a yeah. treasure. He really, truly is. <laughs> uh, I didn't know this. He had two teeth pulled for when he was filming Birdie because he wanted to know what Spain felt like. You can like, see no it. Like, no thanks. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he actually he needed to get them uh fixed, but he tried telling them uh the dentist that he wanted them pulled without Novocaine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No thanks, sir. Oh man, Novocaine's no. boss. <laughs> Pain don't hurt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so be nice. Until it's time to stop being nice. <laughs> Now, I'd love to hear what you guys say about this, that he only eats animals based on how they have sex. Is that <laughs> still a thing? Don't because he only know. eats animals that have dignified, that are dignified when they mate, like right. birds and fish. He refuses to eat any living thing that has sex in a way that doesn't seem attractive to him. <laughs> I can't yes. help it, you know. I read that in his biography oh. too. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if it still holds. With factory farming, none of them have dignified sex. They no. got a machine for that. But I remember hearing about that, and then I'm like, oh my god! It's like somebody actually outdid Mel Gibson for not eating chicken breast because he believed it would make him grow breast. <laughs> I guess that depends oh, on how many uh, hormones the chicken had, you know, and how far along the chicken was transitioning. <laughs> and has he ever specified which animals he felt were dignified? Because what are humans? I like, does know. he find that okay? Because well, yeah, <laughs> like, cannibalism is work. a recurring theme on this podcast. <laughs> I was just wondering if I came up with it. He could save I mean, this year by coming out with a Nick Cage diet. <laughs> hey, why not? That have dignified sex. That you need we'll to go eat. for it. You know they they, they got they got to send the cage bars. <laughs> you can even give him a doctorate and call him Doctor Cage and call it the Doctor Cage Diet. 
They call him Dr. Cage. He's got the food that's all the way. I played a doctor once. Why not? Um, I did read somewhere that his first memory includes eating fox. So I, oh, I don't know. I mean, it's Nicholas Fucking Cage. Cave out in the woods, obviously. <laughs> Totally normal. Totally That's normal. That's how we got rabies. <laughs> if you know what, what you eat, does the fox just taste like squirrel and rabbit? So you're basically saying the whole opening of Leonidas in 300 was how Nick Cage was born. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a big giant hole on his front lawn that's just for chucking people in. If you come by, oh, you're selling something. 300 was historically factual. Okay. <laughs> Actual thousand factual. percent. <laughs> Speaking of shrooming. Oh, God. And then his acting technique is called Nouveau Shamantic. Yes. Yeah. Shamantic. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't know that. You know you're a bamf when you just create your own method. Like, right? <laughs> this is Move his own way of, He says how he gets into character. Uh, he says he's planning on writing a book on how to do it, but I don't think he did that either. It was a part of the <laughs> next American we're, we're novel. We're still waiting for him to you direct a, another movie and, and maybe write one book. You, you'd think he could write the one book, maybe. Maybe he'll do Well, he did the comic time. book. I, I, I know. I, I'm just saying you can make like Kennedy and get a bunch of ghostwriters and take some hella loose <laughs> notes. <laughs> You know, if he does write that that book on acting, I am going to be the first person in the that fucking line. <laughs> I mean, make a five part series on it. You know, yeah, where, where, like, be to something. maybe he did do it in the comic books, and it's like a puzzle you have to put together where each page from each issue links yes. into like a huge manifesto. I think like what we need is the deleted scenes from Joe. Yes. Joe gives you a sample of the Nick Cage acting school where he's like, okay, so make that face. Okay, now look like you're in pain, but try to smile. Yeah, that's a cool face. They're going to follow the map and it's going to lead you to Nick Cage. And he's going to like, welcome. Would you like some pheasant? It's one of the most dignified humping creatures I know. Will you take lemon or sugar with your pheasant? I like to watch the them mate. Pheasant. Yeah. <laughs> I step into my mating viewing room. (laughs) What what was that? What did he order and it could happen to you again? The part where he's like toying with with Bridget Fonda? In one of the most painful scenes ever committed to film? God, yeah. (laughs) Put that in a box set with Trapped in Paradise and City of Angels. Uh, Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, I'm dying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he also had a mime stalker. <laughs> wow. You heard this? That I didn't know. Mime stalker. Oh my God. <laughs> he says he had a, <laughs> while filming Bringing Out the Dead, an obsessed cage fan showed up multiple times on step pantomiming a number of <laughs> weird actions until the actor got security to get him out. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. So the I Joker was after that him. level of having my own parents. <laughs> Adrian, where were you on that day? <laughs> I was probably in high school. Don't you go pointing your, your fucking finger at me. 
Actually, I want to see a mime cop show now. Mime. It couldn't possibly be worse than Cop Rock, so let's have it. You get, you get the Elliot Stapler character going too far on interrogation, slapping the guy around, not even touching him. You don't know if you would see Mime Cop if they had Harvey Keitel as the Mime Cop. Oh, God, yes. He'd do the worst miming ever because he, he couldn't keep from going. <laughs> Fire! I'm sorry. Take your try. Take try. Oh. I'd pay to see it. <laughs> that was a good fact. That's amazing. Um, You're going to be okay. I- Say the goddamn words. Oh, you guys are killing me. My abs hurt from laughing. Sorry. Um, no, don't be sorry. Don't ever be sorry. It's how we take out the competition. (laughs) 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 The next fact I found that was funny is that he had a pet octopus. Yes. And a shark. And he sent two cobras. Now, now he just needs a guy who looks like Tor Johnson to hang around his place. You know, like staring at the Legend. It's going to be perfect for Tiger King. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, he he had uh, two cobras that, uh, according to him, hated him. And <laughs> he, he used some of their movements for his, uh, his role as Ghost Rider. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then according to samuel l jackson um uh nicholas cage also had i think tarantulas and some uh in some bed bed posts yeah Yeah. oh no i know i I feel so bad for them because it must be so small yeah (laughs) that's a downer next he slept in dracula's castle Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. While promoting Ghost out. Rider. <laughs> right? <laughs> we found this that out. This isn't about, going um, very well. I think I'll go get taken up by a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> we found that uh we found out about that from Idris Elba and an Ask Me Anything. Yeah, um, so I got a quote yeah. from Elba. He says they asked him if he got any sleep, and he said, yeah, man, I went up to Dracula's castle, the ruins up in the mountains, and I stayed the night. And then Cage said, I just had to channel the energy, and it was pretty spooky up there. <laughs> then he shroomed and wound up staking himself. <laughs> Cage is the kind of person that would pull out a Ouija board after getting you to try shrooms with him. <laughs> no, come on, man, come on. Totally there. Now, Captain Howdy, come on, man. <laughs> Where did this chihuahua come from? (laughs) We call it a sacrifice. It's like a seven-dimensional chihuahua. (laughs) (laughs) Cage, but who's Malfador? (laughs) I do not love him. Baffling to me, and then the time he accidentally bought a stolen dinosaur skull because yes. that's just normal yes. thing people do. <laughs> he uh, outbid Leonardo DiCaprio for it too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he wanted to, to bid higher, it. but that involved acting. Oh. Merry Christmas, Nicholas Cage. 
Like, I spend, love Yuji Naruto. He spent two hundred and seventy-six thousand for it. That's probably when he was just throwing yeah. money around, right? Yes. Yeah. I have heard that he was quite the spender for a while. He bought his own damn uh, uh, island in yeah. uh, in the Bahamas, and he bought like two yachts, not just one, but two. This may be why he sued his financial advisor. Might be. <laughs> He screwed his affairs so bad. So bad. And then he lost the LaLaurie mansion in 2009. Did you remember to pay my taxes like I asked you to? Do what? Uh, I thought that was for me. Uh. Don't hit me. Don't taxes hit me. for the plebs. What are taxes? What are taxes? <laughs> his, his Approximately $750. <laughs> I am tempted to get that button. It's like, I paid more than Trump. I'm like, yes, I do pay more times than Trump. I didn't know that his name wasn't Nicolas Cage. It was Nicolas Coppola. Mm-hmm. And he named himself yep. Cage after Luke Cage from the, yeah. the Marvel Universe. There's actually conflicting stories it's... on that. There's a story about a mm-hmm. grandmother somewhere, too. Oh, so it his, uh, his grandmother helped him. Uh, come up with the name it was his grandmother on his uh his mother's side but um because of course like the the coppolas were kind of pissed off that he changed his name <laughs> but, but they said what's the matter him- you you were coppola but uh according to him he wanted to uh he he didn't want people thinking that he got where he was through nepotism. Yeah. And um so anyway, he he there there are conflicting stories. Sometimes he'll say that it was after Luke Cage cuz he he's loved comics forever, but then sometimes he'll also say that it was um it was after a composer uh with the last oh, name Cage. Oh. Yeah, John Cage. Oh. So, yeah, that I mean, cool who knows? I did read something where he was like, yeah, Nick Cage, because he was the first, you know, black comic book. And everybody's like, no, he wasn't. And he's like, ah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I missed this other guy. Yeah, shut up in your face, Cage. Get it right. Yeah. <laughs> Poor dude. And this was just a quote from Playboy, I found. <laughs> when he well, was four. They are a pretty reliable journalistic source. They do. They Everybody are. reads it for the articles. I don't know what anybody else is thinking. But I mean, if you're me. physically reading, it's probably the articles. Yeah. They have pictures? <laughs> what? what? It's all this vagina in my science. <laughs> vagina in my science. <laughs> vagina in my science. <laughs> He said that when he was four, he had a reoccurring dream, which, quote, I was on the toilet and this giant blonde genie woman in a gold bikini would reach into the bathroom window like King Kong and pluck me off the toilet seat and laugh at me. Now, did she, was she yes. aiming for him or was she attracted by that silver spoon? <laughs> so, yeah, he he blames that on his uh, his love for Blondes earlier in his life. 
Okay, so we have one like on the first floor without a window. This is very important. I have to go super bad, but I'm going to go on your carpet if you only have bathrooms and windows. I am so, like, in earnest right now. That scene in Mandy. <laughs> that scene in Mandy where he's screaming in the bathroom and on the toilet, that's all, like, from his real life. They just found a place in the movie. <laughs> Kitchen counter liquor cabinet, same deal. Like I said, he just keeps on giving. And this is why we have a podcast on Nicholas Cage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so so good. Oh. And my last thing, I'm trying to get a picture because this needs visuals. Oh, <laughs> I know everybody's seen this picture, but it's worth looking at it again. Ooh, I think I know where you're going. The proof. <laughs> Nicholas Cage claims he is not a vampire. Yes. yes. Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. Back in 2011. If I'd been around in the 19th century. <laughs> so, 2011, the Hollywood Reporter discussed an eBay listing that set the internet ablaze. A yellowed photo dating back to the Civil War. With the seller claiming was proof that Nicolas Cage was actually a vampire. The seller, who wanted a million dollars, argued that Cage was probably an undead being that reinvented himself every <laughs> 75 years or so. <laughs> they can't prove it's not true. If he's prove a vampire, it. he's badly in need of blood these last 10 years. <laughs> oh. just I just love that he had to like come out and there say There lies the irony that kills us. <laughs> I mean, they do look alike. I won't argue that yeah. much, but I, I don't. I think he would probably be like, you know, talking about it. <laughs> I don't know. Nicholas if he could hold Cage that has risen from his grave. <laughs> nah, bring her to me. Really, I can't have a final form. This is my form. I'm a vampire. Oh shit! I told you my. Damn I'm it. a vampire. I'm a vampire. Especially in vampires' kids and stuff. Like I'm good at this because yes. I'm actually a vampire. Nicholas Coppola, Chocula. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and, and Crispin Glover is Booberry. <laughs> I, I would rather not. <laughs> He's making his lunch. <laughs> oh. oh man I, that's one of my favorite little things about him i just you know because if anybody else was like this person made a vampire baby like nah but like nick cage was like all right <laughs> like, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I is that true? being immortal is gary oldman really albrick durr and he's just never died <laughs> is gary oldman really oldman <laughs> Do not put your faith in such trinkets of deceit. <laughs> Husband, I will trouble you no more. <laughs> oh my god. Thank you guys so much for joining me. I've had the best time. I don't think I'd laugh this much in forever. Uh, nothing brings people really together like Nicolas Cage. It's just the ultimate. Right? He does have that power. Because he's a vampire. 
I can't stop it. Do you know what it means to be loved by death? Do you know what it means to have death know your name? <laughs> Just another cage day. You light a candle every year on your birthday. Please, thank you so much for having us on and for putting up with us. <laughs> no, this is fantastic. <laughs> Highlight oh. of my year. <laughs> Yay! Well, you know, you have to come on at I some do. point. Like, you do. I was <laughs> looking at that list. I was actually, before you guys got on, reading off the movies that haven't been picked to the Patreon. And everybody's like, I've never heard of any of those. <laughs> I'm like, I haven't I even. <laughs> Primal's free on Amazon. We could, we could, we could all do that. <laughs> yeah, no. I'll do that, that one. That one's yeah. sure to be good. And you have to come Surely on to Bedknobs and Broomflicks too. Yes. Oh, that's perfect. I'm an ex-librarian, so I love book stuff. Awesome. Oh, I worked in a library for three years. Oh yeah, really? I forgot about that. Yeah, oh, at yeah. the Evergreens. Oh, yeah, at our college. Librarian for seven years. Woo. Wow. Support your local libraries. Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> librarian yeah. life is it's wild. The stories a librarian can tell you. It's usually involving <laughs> like death threats, people shitting on walls, like people yes. having sex in weird places. Raw bacon in it? Oh, sorry, what, Adrian? I said, did you ever have a book returned with raw bacon used as a bookmark? No. <laughs> 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 There's literally not oh a scrap of paper God. in this house, but I don't want to lose my place. <laughs> oh, I don't know why every library is checked out of the Necronomicon. <laughs> 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 I don't know if we the teen area, but I'd always hear stories from my friends that worked in adult services about like the smut novels, or like they come back like really gross, <laughs> like no oh. and you're like, ah, no. Maybe they should have oh. got those on the e-reader. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, one of my old uh, friends, her mom was uh, an information librarian, so she'd work like the information desk. And uh, she got some really strange questions, but uh, she one of the, the stories that always struck out uh, stuck out in my mind was that she had the same problem: shit on the walls, and they would have to take turns on who had to clean it yeah. because they. You know, it's like you bastards. Like there's, there are no fucking custodians here, man. It's the goddamn librarians cleaning it. I never saw that in the library work, but our local borders, somebody did that once, and it was literally all on the wall, not on the floor. (laughs) It's like, how did you even get it there, (laughs) Donnie? Did you have a? I said I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, question my art, okay. Yeah, luckily the teen center is just like, you know, teenage boys missing, you know, so that would be gross. But I never had to deal with that. But I'd hear oh. horror stories about the adult department of people just like smearing it. And yeah. one time, one of the manager or one of the newer girls, she went in there and a woman was completely naked washing herself in the sink. As <laughs> you do. And so she was oh, walking boy. out and she went and got the manager and she's like, uh, help. <laughs> so, I After that, they had to put up a big old sign saying, "This ain't a shower." Yeah, so, <laughs> she said she walked in and she was with the like 
full like soaping up her hoo-ha moment and she's like <laughs> wow. perfect timing in case you didn't believe me like, you gotta go <laughs> I, like, you know, I gotta stay this. fresh and my taxes pay a salary. <laughs> oh god. Yes, people yell at that oh, a lot. Man. Like, I pay your salary. And like, no, you don't. You really don't. <laughs> you really don't. <laughs> uh I used oh yeah, because like my teen center was only 12 through 18, so I could kick out adults, be like, You're not a teenager, get the fuck out. And nice. people would start screaming, be like, I pay your blah blah blah. And this one guy <sighs> was like screaming at me about something and it turned into this rampage about fossil fuels and he was like you liberal <laughs> library yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's like I you're hiding the fact people pull that yeah. yeah and then he was like it only takes 60 years to make oil and you people are hiding this information oh my god <laughs> what the fuck is happening <laughs> no i had a guy who was sleeping in a storage <laughs> unit that i had to, that i had to kick out and he starts yelling at me he's like do you know how old covid is do you know that they're hiding this from you and i'm like uh-huh and and and, I, and I'm like oh. not saying anything because I'm trying not to engage him. He's like, "Oh, you stupid millennials! You don't know nothing, <laughs> stupid ass kids!" <laughs> Heads in the clouds. I'm like, "Uh huh, sir. You got to get going, though." Yeah, because be like elder we millennials. Did. We are elder <laughs> yes. millennials. Thank you. <laughs> get it right. <laughs> yeah, no, Damn he's it. talking to me like I'm 16. I'm like, dude, I'm 38. <laughs> 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 Could you fuck off, really old guy? <laughs> you can laugh, but my goal now is to poop on the walls of the Seattle Public Library because it's a huge glass pyramid. Don't you fucking oh, dare! The cool house one. Come on now, it's a glass pyramid. How can you not? <laughs> it's Ram Cool House, and I have his book. It's amazing. <laughs> and that's how I got banned. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. you heard it here. <laughs> Evidence. Yeah, we're gonna have a whole fecal conversation when we get to Teen Titans Go to Hell. Yeah. God damn it. Oh, we gotta record that tomorrow. Yeah. Good thing I, I have more beer. Titans go. You guys could go to hell. <laughs> I'll be punching Adrian on the way to hell. And I go see him. Live on Patreon the whole way down. Yes. <laughs> I don't know, guys. <laughs> We need to build a cardboard set like at the end of Hardcore, and we need to beat each other through the wall. <laughs> Real Ultimate Power, the movie Cage's Kiss presents. Oh. How do you can? Oh. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I tell everybody. Tell everybody how they can find you guys. Oh, well, God, we're on uh, all the platforms, uh, and now we're actually on uh, Amazon. Uh, Amazon has a thing for podcasts now, and uh, yeah, are we yes. real Amazonians? <laughs> yeah. Um, you can find us on social media at. Uh, we actually, I'm. I have to admit, I, I'm pretty crappy at keeping up on uh, Facebook and Instagram, but uh, I'm pretty good on on Twitter. Uh, you can find us at Cages Kiss, and uh, you can also email us at cageskiss at gmail.com if you've got a fun cage story or if you have a dilemma in your life that you would like for Cage to solve for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh. And your other podcast. You oh, yeah. That? 
Uh, bed knobs and broom flicks. Uh, we're pretty much on all the uh, platforms as well. And uh, social media, we are at broom flicks. It's B-R-O-O-M-F-L-I-C-K-S. Uh, we're the best because we got licks at the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <sighs> this was a lot of fun. This was so yeah. much fun. What? what about you, Adrian? Where can they find you? <laughs> oh, all the old familiar places. Um, um, I, I'm I am Leo the Fox on uh, on Patreon and, and on uh, and especially on uh, DeviantArt and I'm doing Inktober right now, and uh, I'm on YouTube as AA Smith. It, it's Inktober, not Kinktober this year. <laughs> no. Not this year. No. <laughs> yeah, Adrian has some amazing cage art. I mean, yeah, it's really it's does. really great. And, and non cage art. Yeah, he actually did the artwork also for my podcast, Wisdom in the Bottle. And I did also Unreal Goals on Instagram and the Twitter. And, and what's that I'm one also, about? Um, I get drunk and talk about <laughs> random topics <laughs> for like two to three hours at a time. <laughs> uh, and you yeah. can find that on YouTube. Yeah. That's and amazing. I ashamedly... No, I'm proud. I am proudly the boy who blew on Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> and you're the real writer of Murder Most Foul. Yes. <laughs> and I shot JR. <laughs> and I actually, I want to thought too, just because it's always fun to tell this about Cage. We've heard this from multiple people. If you really want to find him, go to Trader Joe's in Las Vegas and you will find him. He shops at Trader Joe's. We got to go, man. Market of choice. <laughs> I want to find out if he it. also likes those croutons. <laughs> <laughs> We need, we need a lot more Patreon so we can just like hang yes. out at Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> we need funding. We're spending a week in Trader Joe's. <laughs> they won't mind. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I saw Billy awesome. Bob Thornton one time at a Home Depot and I was like, really? what is this life? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's from Arkansas, so that's where I'm from. Oh, I was like, it's awesome. like, it was right after the whole like sling blade thing too. And I was like, oh, oh wow. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think he was with Angelina at the time. Nobody. Maybe. I don't know. He was just <laughs> fine shit. And everybody was like, is that him? I don't know. I know you talk. <laughs> I would love to run into Christopher walking at a Home Depot. Like, I'm oh my God. The plungers for my toilet. You see? There's <laughs> <laughs> just shit everywhere. <laughs> I just rewatched Sleepy Hollow for Patreon. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love the cool hair. aesthetic. Oh. Had me rolling. I forgot about the filed teeth and the hair and yes. the eyes. God. Oh, oh yeah. So good. <laughs> That's what you should cover or a, a book over on a uh, broom flicks. And by the way, all the these links are in our uh website. I can't believe I didn't mention it. Uh cageskiss.com. Uh yeah, we have all the links there too. So Amazing. I'm just going to insert myself in all your podcasts. <laughs> 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 Join yes. you. Right. Well, keep me in mind in case I ever get a spinoff one here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, guys, the Discover Pods is doing their podcast awards. And last year, I voted for you guys for best movie. I did this year too. So, everybody, go watch for best movie podcast. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, movie themed podcast. 
Well, thank you guys so much. You guys are welcome to come back anytime you want. Thank you. We totally yeah. yeah, like likewise. I mean, you're always welcome to come on over to ours. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm starting myself in all the podcasts. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, while you're at it, come on over to uh when girls were golden to talk about golden girls. <laughs> Do all of them. Oh, that's amazing. I haven't heard of that one yet. So yeah, I'll definitely like everybody I know is starting to binge Golden Girls again. So it's definitely Yay! <laughs> a uh, resurgence. Yeah. We're just recording our second one this weekend, so we're oh. we're new, new. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having us on. This was a blast. You're welcome. It was. You guys have a good night. You too. Yeah, you too. I want to thank Cage's Kiss again for joining me for this episode. I had so much fun, and I laughed so hard that I'm pretty convinced that I pulled a muscle in my ribs. <laughs> it was such a great time, and I can't wait to have them back. So we do have an event coming up on October 24th at probably 8, 830 central time. We will have it in stone by Monday, Tuesday. We are going to be doing the October extra AF live and it will be like a normal live show for our Patreon, but this time it will be public and everybody can join us. We're going to be dressed up. There'll probably be um, some more stuff going on with that. But we will have the details hammered out really soon. It'll be Ashley and I. So send us your scariest stories for us to read during the live thing. And it's live. There's no editing. So really scare me. And you can see my reaction live on the YouTubes. Also, if you want to join Patreon so that you can hang out with the guests and comment along and answer our questions and all that, that's patreon.com slash historical AF pod. And there's a couple of days left. If you join now, you can be entered in the contest to win Zach Bagan's book, a t-shirt and a co-hosting gig with me. So definitely do that. And oh, yeah, send those emails of your spooky stories to historicalafpod at gmail.com. All right, guys, I hope you have a fantastic week. Thanks so much for listening. Okay, bye.